1: This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term, has-been retired politician that nobody knows.
0: Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show. My guest today is Greg Kelly from the Savannah Hilton Head Airport. Greg,
1: welcome in. Thank you, Ben. Glad to be here.
0: I have a mountain of questions, and I'm sure some of these you've heard a thousand times, and some of them you will be like, how did he come up with that? How does one get interested in airport administration?
1: Well, I can only speak for myself. Uh, I was in the military, and I had a four-year active duty commitment. And I knew about year three that I was going to get out after the four years, so I spent time uh, looking uh, for a new career. And I was steer- I was looking at aviation and on the air cargo side of things, and had several interviews. Um, but I kept researching careers, and at the time, uh, the internet was not. The internet. The internet that it is today. Um, so they had volumes of books called uh, the um, the Encyclopedia of Careers, and there were four volumes. And I started scanning that and researching that, and I came, finally, I came across one career that said airport management. I read it, and I said, that's what I want to do.
0: When you were in the military, what branch of
1: service? I was in the United States Army. Thank you for that. Where, uh,
0: where did you grow up?
1: I grew up uh, in New Jersey. And upstate New York and Jacksonville, Florida.
0: And so you clearly fell in love with the South somewhere along the way. You realized that there was a weather tax or a lack of a weather tax compared to February in New Jersey. I've been converted. When you, when you get out of the Army, what type of, did you have to go to college to get into airport management? Were you enlisted? Were you an officer?
1: No, I had a ROTC scholarship out of the University of Florida. Sorry.
0: Oh. Sorry, listeners, to good, the Ben
1: Burnett Show, but I'm, I'm
0: a Gator. That's a, there's I've, I have a handful of you, okay. so you're not by yourself.
1: Okay, uh, but, uh, yeah, I uh, have not been wearing that badge proudly lately. Uh, you know, hopefully this year is a different story. But having said that, I had an R2C scholarship at the University of Florida, so I was commissioned an officer in the uh, United States Army, um, and I did not get a degree to get into airport management. I just found out how to get in, and I got an internship at the Savannah Hilton Head International Airport, which was just at Savannah Airport at the time. I had a two-year internship, uh, and I rotated through every department at the airport. For some reason, they decided to keep me. When you
0: look at what it looked like back then, talk about the early days of your career at the airport and how you've seen things change in the last, I'm going to give you 20 years. In the the last 20 years, talk about how things have changed.
1: When I first got to the airport, uh, the terminal building was on the Dean Forest side of the airport, and right now the terminal building is on the I-95 side of the airport. So where the terminal building is today it was nothing but woods and swamp, everything that goes along with that. It was an older building that was uh, added on to uh, since the 1950s, and there were six gates, um, and it was pre-9-11, so you walked up to a four-foot fence, and the airplanes were right there. It wasn't the type of security we have today, so it was rudimentary, uh, but it worked back then. We had uh, maybe 40 employees. Today we have 250. We had uh, you know formal dress code. Today you know it's business casual. It was a it was a learning experience because the airport director back then was a retired military aviator of the United States Marine Corps, and he ran the airport like a military installation. And he was very strong, and he was in charge.
0: Talk about some of the airlines that come over there and the strategic advantages that that presents to this community.
1: You know, today we have almost every major domestic air carrier there is. Um, there will be two that are possible that we can get that we don't have, but uh, we pretty much have every every air carrier. So we have a, a variety of the carriers now. They're all doing well, and they've seen Savannah and the South Carolina Low Country as a growth area, a strong leisure market. Now we're starting to grow into more of a Uh, business sector starting to balance out a little bit as as the area uh, industry grows and the business grows and now with the convention center doubling in size we expect uh, that segment to grow even more so the airlines see this our team does a good job getting out on the road and telling them the story and as we work with our partners like the CVB here in Savannah the chamber here in Savannah and the CVB and chamber over on Hilton Head we have a compelling story to tell and the airlines are listening about the growth here.
0: When you think about how Georgia has changed, so many of my guests are Atlanta-based or they wind up there. And so if I was going to sit down with the general manager or the CEO of Hartsfield, one, I don't know how I would ever find them. And two, the thing that I really like about, I would say South Georgia, but it's, it's South Georgia, but it's more the coast, is that the business community here is so accessible. And you can tell when communities are hungry. And you can tell when you work in a place that's complacent. This place with everybody I have talked to is starved for attention and they're grateful. Talk about how that teamwork and camaraderie between the chamber and the CVB and where you strategically look. I have to imagine, based on no research, that you market heavily into places that are one flight away from here.
1: Well, first of all, if you want to have an interview with the CEO of the Atlanta Hartsfield Airport, he's a good friend of mine, so I can arrange that. Yeah. You know, secondly, uh, the partnerships that we have here are incredible, and you're right. You know, we, we we have grown up being a hungry airport, you know, begging for air service any way we can. So it's quite a unique situation now to have the airlines coming to us. Uh, Lori Lina is our air service director. Her and our air service consultant have done an excellent job give, putting Savannah on the map in front of the airlines, but savannah and hilton had have also done a good job at creating a market that the airlines want to come to you can't ignore it you can't ignore it anymore and quite frankly the uh, pandemic with our state being open and also attractive and south carolina being open and attractive and the airlines having parked planes we're looking for places to put planes a little story about southwest airlines for years the story with southwest airlines their response to us was don't call us and we won't call you during the pandemic. I bet that changed. That changed. That changed. And they called us and they said, we want to be there. And now they're growing here. The market's very strong here.
0: When you look at the number of flights, I, off the top of my head, I can imagine Charlotte, Washington, D.C., New York, Chicago, Dallas or Houston, maybe. Those are
1: all the direct markets that come in here. No, you, you hit the, some of our strongest markets. or my, And Miami, probably. Miami, Miami's a strong market. So it's one of the few markets we have to the south. That's an important uh, market for us. Oh yeah, it's a great connection, you know, to the Caribbean and South America. Um, so that's still a focus of ours to the south because we have most of the major markets in the Northeast and Midwest covered. So our focus is West, West and South if there was a
0: direct flight that you guys didn't have today that you're just angling for and you want this to show up in the google search that you're starved over where is it lax absolutely what a it, second is toronto so what is attractive about being able to get from los angeles to savannah georgia what's the sales pitch
1: you know, if you've talked to Savannah Economic Development Authority and the Georgia Economic Development Authority and the Georgia Chamber of Commerce and the Savannah Chamber of Commerce, they will tell you the film industry is driving a lot of traffic to and from the West Coast. And so we recognize that the numbers bear out. The potential is there. So that's a story we're telling the airlines. Uh, we think it's a good story. It's a growing story. And we think one day the sales pitch will make, will work and we'll have uh, that service. Uh, our 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 numbers are getting stronger. The airline's got to see it. You got to be able to paint that picture the right way. You, know, you don't You don't want to get into a situation where you're subsidizing the market. You want it to grow on its own. I do know that there are other parts of the world that
0: subsidize people coming into those markets. So I maybe one day if I'm flying on Emirates or one of those. Are you got an Emirates, like an RFP out there to Emirates or Dubai now?
1: No, no <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have to go to JFK for that. We can get you to JFK, then you can go to Emirates.
0: <laughs> when, you, when you look at 2020... And the beginning parts of the pandemic, the conversations that I like to have with people, before it became political, it was just scary. And it impacted absolutely everybody. What adjustments did you guys make during that time to keep people safe? And how has that transformed the identity of really the region in 2023 moving forward?
1: Well, you know, we had to adopt um, all the the state Directives and the federal directives. We're heavily regulated by uh, yeah, the everybody. Federal Aviation Administration <laughs> and the Transportation Security Administration. Um, so we're, we're generally following those directions, plus the industry industry best practices through our trade groups. If you looked at going to a grocery store or going, you know, or going to a doctor's office or something, you would have seen some of the same practices in the airport terminal. But then you have the airlines on top of that who had their own protective measures in place that was up until the shutdown. The um, shutdown for the pandemic was eerily reminiscent of the shutdown for 9/11. I was there for that too. 15 gates is nothing
0: to sneeze at in the scheme of things. That's a that's a that's a bigger mid-sized airport. I spent a lot of my life living in Birmingham, Alabama, but it's very reminiscent of airports like that or Chattanooga or Nash I will say Chattanooga, Nashville, places that are easy to get to. And I love the easy to get to places when I have to check bags and living an hour from Hartsfield on a great day. Every time I have to go down there, I am I just don't care for it all that much. From the time you get out of, out of a car or park a car here to the time you get to your gate has to be an enormously strategic advantage.
1: Well, we get a lot of compliments about the ease of use and the um, efficiency of our facilities. However... Our growth has been tremendous lately, and that's putting a strain on our ability to maintain those service levels. Um, so we're, you know, we've had a capital expansion plan in place. We're working on it now. The the growth is could not have been anticipated to be that great. Of course, the pandemic drove a lot of that, but it's continuing. I would have thought we would have thought it leveled off, but you know, we're up eleven percent this year over last year. Last year was a record year.
0: 11% meaning bodies that land here and take off, not dollars, not anything else. It's yeah, actua-
1: human human individuals. That's correct. The measuring stick for the size of an airport or the activity airport is called an emplanement. And that's the number of people that pay to get on a commercial aircraft through your terminal facilities.
0: One of the things I like for people to understand is that nothing is free. And if you say capital expansion plan... I doubt that that money falls out of the sky. So when you look at your partnerships and relationships, banking relationships and growth strategy with the state or the federal government, I have to imagine there is more than one bucket of money you are looking at to make something like that happen. Talk about that evaluation process where you guys want to wind up, what the day-to-day life is like for a master plan for something like that.
1: So uh, certainly we we have about a $300 million capital expansion program over the next five years, and we've already started that. So wow. the way airports fund projects, um, number one, airports are required by the FAA to be financially self-sufficient and, and have enough money to pay your operational costs and to pay for expansion costs to some degree. Expansion costs are much greater than anything an airport could generate. So the programs in place are the airport improvement program through the FAA. So when you pay for an airfare you're paying a user fee taxes and fees
0: somewhere in there we like
1: to say user fees User and fees you're you're, pay, you're paying that and those dollars go up to the federal government and they those dollars most of those dollars go to fund faa operations and then there's a small portion of that comes back to airports based on a formula based on emplainments so we get about $5 million a year in entitlement funds from the AIP program. A second funding source is the passenger facility charge, which Congress approved back in 2001. That's another fee, user fee, that an airport can attach, doesn't have to, but can attach to the airfare but the airlines collect and pass back to the airport for capital expansion projects. So that's about another $5 million a year. But the numbers, our expansion plans and, and costs are actually above and beyond anything that we could generate that way. So at times, airports do have to uh, take out debt. And uh, that's what we're looking at now.
0: Oh, you'd have no choice. You know, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people in, you know, I say local government or state government are like, well, we don't want to do that. Well, it was really easy when interest on AAA credit was one. When you go to the capital markets and you look, do you use banks, do you use bonds, do you use development authorities? How do you how do you underwrite that?
1: Uh, traditionally um, airports underwrite capital projects in, in, in three ways or so, but a lot of airports have agreements with the air carriers that where the air carriers will subsidize uh, the cost of capital expansion programs by approving projects so the airport has in in certain cases where airports have those arrangements the airport can raise the rates to the air carriers and they'll cover uh, some of the costs but traditional way Outside of that is for an airport take on airport revenue bonds.
0: I figured there was something like that. That's
1: right. That's right. So where the airport commits its revenue, future revenue against the bonds, and that usually works out pretty well. But to your point about interest rates, right now um, banks are pretty competitive for like lines of credit and things like that. So we're also considering that now. So we're we're looking at those options. And you have a capital, you have a captive audience here. Like there's only so many airports. I know there's a little
0: tiny one across the Savannah River. If you want to come to Savannah. And you're not gonna fl- and you're gonna fly to Atlanta and drive that's one person but the other person is the person who lands here and as you've seen over the last 15 years you go to 15 gates with that expansion plan if your heart's desire was met how many gates would you have when that was over
1: so 19 is uh, probably our sweet spot right now for what we have now plus growth plus you know five remote sp- spots for for um- uh, overnight aircraft or irregular operations or something like that. Uh, I think we're um, we'd in a sweet spot with 19 gates, and that's what we're shooting end up with here within two years. When you look at the number of government employees
0: that work inside of that 200 that you have today, does, is that inclusive of the federal
1: government, the TSA, your FAA? The, the 250 represents the Airport Commission employees, those employees that work directly for the Airport Commission that make things work at the airport. And that is outside of... The guys in the blue shirts who make sure that everybody's safe when they
0: get on an airplane. That's that's outside
1: of the guys in the control tower. That's outside of the blue shirt guys. That's outside of the guys on the ground loading and unloading the bags, guiding the plane in. These are people. These are airport operators doing airport operating stuff. That's a, that's a, I mean, that is a city. That
0: is a good sized city staff of employees. I I would have never in in a million years thought at 250 that that was what, if you asked me just cold, I I'd probably said, I don't know, 30. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting because most people, when they go through an airport, they don't think there's some entity running everything that happens there. Uh, all the facilities involved—it's a huge complex. To your point, uh, it is like its own city. We have every functional department that a city would have. We're self-sufficient, self-sustaining, uh, functionally in all areas—you know, from engineering to finance to administration to operations, to parking to uh, ground transportation—all the functional areas of an airport to marketing, public relations, air service development. It is—it does operate like its own city. As you continue down the path, is there an airline that you don't
0: have today that you're just like, we got to get them?
1: Yes. We're not got to get them, but we want to get them. Go on. Well, that, uh, you, know, we're, we're, you can we're, say, I don't want if if it. At, if you look at the airlines we have, you know, it's, uh, you know, Spirit Airlines is obviously something that, uh, you know, it's not that we don't have uh, that we'd like to have. And we think it would work well in our market. Um, we'd like to get Air Canada back. They pulled out during the pandemic. The city of
0: Savannah attracts a ton of international guests. So all you have to do is walk around, and I don't know if it's just the allure of 290 years ago and cobblestone streets and beautiful churches. It's a it is the most beautiful city that the state of Georgia has. Do you how do you market and position yourself in other countries? Do you, do you regionally look at certain places within the hemisphere that you're like, well, this might make a good fit, or does the industries like film? take care of that on its own, because I have to imagine that there are plenty of, there's no shortage of international passengers that wind up here on some sort of tourism voyage.
1: We're working with the uh, Savannah Economic Development Authority and Visit Savannah and Hilton Head Chamber on a specific target, and that's um, that's, uh, Ireland and England. There's a a growing connection between the city of Savannah and Wexford, Ireland area. Um, There's a lot of history between the two. So there's a lot of economic uh, initiatives going on between the two, and part of that is working from the air service standpoint to get some kind of, at least for starters, international charter activity, periodic international charter activity from Ireland and or England uh, over here and back. And, and, and we're doing that in, in the form of a golf package. We're trying to put together a golf package that would be attractive on both sides of the ocean. And we're making progress on that. We have a consultant over there. Uh, that's working on our behalf. We have a strategy in place. Had several strategic meetings with the, the right government officials uh, and the right airport leaders over there. So we're we're making progress, and we think that's going to happen. So, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions in no particular order. Just
0: okay. think things, barstool conversation. I'm ready. How many total people work in the
1: airport outside of your administrative employees? So we have 3,600 acres at the airport that includes in, industrial, yes. a, airport manu, air, aircraft manufacturing, fixed-based operations, hotels, restaurants, the airport itself, government agencies. And we have all in total about 12,000 employees within those 3,600 30, 30, acres. The bulk of that is Gulfstream. If you back Gulfstream out, then you're looking at about, you know, 2,500 to 3,000. How many total places do you fly to in one hop today? So we have 31 nonstop destinations today. If you went back to 2013, we had uh, eight nonstop destinations. All right. So two years from
0: now, what number does 31 become? 43. Really? That's impressive. If you asked me just on face value, the most interesting company that Savannah has, and I have no rhyme or reason to think this, I would think it's Gulfstream, which is clearly a strategic partner to what you guys do on a daily basis. I have thousands of thousands of employees. What difference do they make to that airport and this community in general?
1: So, uh, you know, Gulfstream uh, has been part of our airport since the early '60s when they moved down from Bethpage, New York, as Grumman Aerospace. So we've been working with Gulfstream on their growth expansion since the early 60s. And when I came on board in 89, Gulfstream occupied only one quadrant of the airport. Today, Gulfstream has facilities in all four quadrants of the airport. Their growth has been phenomenal. And part of our mission as the airport commission, which runs the Savannah Hilton Head Airport, is to make sure that if Gulfstream is going to grow somewhere, we're going to do our best to make sure they grow here at our airport. So we're always constantly working with Gulfstream leadership and their planners to make sure that we have land and the infrastructure available for them to grow into as their plans call for. And if you go to the airport today, you'll see the results of those plans and that infrastructure taking place right now in their latest growth. Final question for you. Being heavily
0: regulated, having a lot to do with the state of Georgia and being important to the growth strategy outside of Atlanta, if you had a couple of things that you wanted the General Assembly to tackle – what are they that would benefit you and what what do you have to make them realize and understand about your point of view towards something?
1: You had asked about you know touched on the issue about the size of our airport. I want to put that in context with the rest of the airports in the country. There are four hundred and fifty commercial service there about airports in the country. We are number seventy-five out of four hundred and fifty. Top twenty-five percent. Top twenty-five percent of the airports in the country. So we are not a small airport anymore. We are a large airport with a lot of economic impact for this part of the state, and the southern part of South Carolina. I think it's time for Georgia and the legislature in Georgia, the leadership in Georgia to realize that there's another large airport in Georgia. It's not, airports should not be limited to Atlanta, Hartsfield, Jackson. There's other major players in the state now. They should realize, the the legislature should realize the economic impact. That uh, the other commercial airports in the state have, along with the general aviation airports, I think they should realize that Georgia's investment from a state standpoint in those airports, which are economic drivers all across the state, are not in line with the states that we compete with, our border states. And I know that there's been efforts to push more money to airports, but we need something that's sustainable and uh, that is representative of of the differential between what the federal government can provide and what the states provide. The federal government has not increased funding, the funding mechanism for airports since 2001. Oh, that's been a long time. It's been a long time outside of the COVID dollars that came in uh, still. So our spending power from the federal programs is about half what it was, what it used to be. Other states have realized that and they're investing dollars in their airports. We've been working hard with our government affairs folks in Atlanta to try to create legislation that recognizes that and has sustainable levels of funding uh, to make sure our airports remain competitive with our neighboring state airports. When you
0: talk about your other growing regional airports, Outside of Savannah, who are the who are who's your coalition that you're taking with you?
1: So um, our core group is uh, the Augusta Augusta Airport, a growing airport. Uh, of course, Brunswick and the Golden Isles, uh, Valdosta, Albany, uh, Columbus, Macon. Uh, we try try to work together on the commercial side, but then also on the general aviation side, you have the Georgia Airports Association, which represents all airports in the state of Georgia. Georgia has 104 public use airports and every one of them contribute greatly to the communities and the regions they serve. So we look at the general aviation and the commercial aviation as as all growth airports right now, given the growth in the state. Greg, it's been really interesting to sit here and talk and
0: learn. It's just one of the barstool conversations that, you know, until I start looking and I never realized until I sat in elected office, I didn't know what a city manager was. Until I sat here and started Looking at the details in the itinerary, I was like, oh, somebody, there's a guy that runs an airport, which is foolish of me, but your average person has no idea how anything works. So, to the tune that we help people create perspective, I really appreciate you being a part of the show today.
1: Well, thank you, Ben, and I appreciate uh, getting your audience to learn a little bit about more, a little bit more about how airports operate and who operates them. Uh, that's a really important uh, issue for the, every community is understanding that and the needs of an airport and the value of an airport and what goes on behind the scenes to make sure an airport works. This has been another episode of the Ben Burnett Show. Have a great day, everybody.
0: A $5 minimum balance required. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.